Welcome to another episode of the Dave Stockbridge Podcast. Well, the sun is shining, the birds are singing. I'm Dave from Real, and thanks so much for joining us once again. Now, today is a very special uh, episode of our podcast because joining me is Damien Pilkington. Uh, Damien is a candidate for mayor um, in the city of Salisbury local government elections that are coming up very, very soon. Uh, Damien is also a long-standing councillor and somebody who uh, knows our community intrinsically, um, having been involved for well now over two two decades of serving the yeah, community 18 locally. Years. Eighteen years. Um, so, and still only forty-three years of age and. Uh, with so much um, still to give to our uh, local community, obviously that would be one of the main motivating factors uh, in you choosing on this occasion to run for mayor, Damien. Yeah, thanks for inviting me out, Dave. Yeah, um, look, one of the big motivating factors for me is I, I believe in service and serving my community to the best of my ability. Um, and and doesn't matter what I'm doing, you know, picking up the rubbish or planting trees, whatever it is, I've always had that ethos in my life that how can I serve and how can I make things better for other people mm-hmm. and so that's one of the motivating factors for me. And for you, where, where does that come from? Is that, is that something you've inherited from family or is something that you observed growing up and admired in other people? How, how does that come to be part of your, your the fabric of your being? Um, it comes from two sources really. Um, my dad and my grandfathers. Right. So um, my grandfathers were both handymen. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they fix stuff around the home, they did what they can, they could. Um, but I remember a story of my, my grandfather, um, he had a stroke oh. and um, he was a member of the local church and um, it was his month to cut the grass. Um, but he'd had a stroke and so he couldn't cut the grass and um, so he got down and sat on the floor and cut the grass with the scissors. <laughs> wow. Because it was his turn and you know, so he started out that, that service and my, my dad too um, had an experience when I was at a 12 dad uh, wanted me to go out and help him um, shift some furniture for, for somebody um, and he had a truck at the time so yeah. he was helping, helping out and I said no hmm. and the disappointment from my dad um, and um, that one and then obviously too um, I later actually got keen on the guy who um, we was helping, mm. um, I was keen on his daughter and I didn't realise. <laughs> and so I missed out on a, a great opportunity. And, uh, to and, impress. <laughs> and so, uh, so that's part of it. And then from then on, um, it was just a case of, you know, if somebody asked for help, I'd always go and help because you never know mm-hmm. what is at the other end. Um, and you never know who you're going to help and who you're not going to help. Mm-hmm. Um, you just go out and do it. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, it's so, been that way ever since, really. So, so a few, a few of those um, earlier moments in life that seem to have really steered the direction of your life in, in a pretty powerful way. Yeah, it has been. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and I guess in, in reflecting back then, um, how is it that you found your first steps into community service? Was it through church or when, or you were relatively young coming into local government as well? Yeah, I was. Um, I guess I first started community service when I was about 16. Right. Um, I um, was a scout. Yeah. Um, but um, my uh, local scout unit didn't have venturers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, they said, look, we don't have venturers here. Can you please be a cub leader? Oh, right. So uh, at 16 years of old, I started teaching, you know, the, the eight, nine, 10 year olds yeah. um, about that sort of thing. So that was my, my first stint at community service. Um, 
at a more formal level. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, various things happened throughout my life um, that made me think that, you know, look, that's something that I'm really interested in is serving the community. Um, and uh, so, um, yeah, I, I, I just, when we got married, yeah. um, I told my wife that I was interested in, in politics and, and community service and things like that. And I, I told her then, look, I'm interested in being on local government. Yeah. Um, so the first election that came up after we'd got married, my wife said, well, if you don't go now, you'll never go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's where I've been ever since. <laughs> Excellent. And your wife's hardly seen you since. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think we saw each other for 10 minutes yesterday. <laughs> yeah. That's one way of staying together. You know, you don't have time to argue. It's a <laughs> that is very true. Because it, 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 it it's quite demanding on your time serving in uh, local council. And for a lot of people, they feel it is a part-time job. But from talking to many councillors, just more recently it seems increasingly that there's um, more and more demands being placed on local councillors and it's almost a full-time job in itself it is um, it is a lot of work um, fortunately enough a lot of residents are happy for it to happen outside of my normal work mm -hmm. um, but um, one of the big things um, is these days is communication um, the fact that you can communicate so much um, you know Facebook internet emails you know, you see something wrong and you can get on it straight away. So there are a lot of things that need to be done and a lot of, a lot of things to attend to. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the work too is in uh, making sure that you're abreast of all the materials um, that you're going to be voting on. Yeah. And so uh, relatively young, you've got a young family, you're just married, you've got this calling to um, step up and into... Uh, out of the out of I guess that leadership position in the Cubs and and serving the community at a grassroots level and now it's taken on a, a whole new perspective. What were some of those early learnings as as a young man? You're you're working your way through local government and uh, and getting an understanding as to how that works. But um, and and also how how is that impacting on your on your young family's life at at that stage? That's an excellent question. Um... Sometimes, I guess I've been there so long now, I don't remember mm. uh, some of the impacts that it had on the family. I do remember, I do know that it's changed my sleeping patterns for all of my children. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, because um, I, I was one of the, a young dad and I always wanted to make sure I saw the kids before they went to bed. Yeah. Um, of course, if you're at a council meeting late, then the kids <laughs> didn't go to bed until dad got home from a meeting or a, or a function or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so now none of my kids go to bed early. Um, I don't think they know how to go to bed early. <laughs> and some of those council meetings go through to like one one thirty in the morning, I've yeah, noticed. Yeah, now, these days we're a bit more, um, we're a lot wiser and the kids do have a bedtime. And so, yeah. <laughs> so no, if dad's not home by this time, then you just have to wait till tomorrow morning. That's the cut out. <laughs> but, uh, I still have to make sure I go in and, and you know, give them a kiss and a cuddle yeah even though they're fast asleep they won't know but if i yeah. don't then they'll know in the morning because yeah. they ask did you come and cuddle me last night dad when you got home from that meeting yeah. did you check in yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it sounds it's been really important for you to um i guess your role in council's grown at the same time as your young family's been growing it has you know like when I very first got elected to council, I didn't have an agenda. Mm -hmm. A lot of people come to council with an agenda. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, they want a specific thing to be fixed or they want to do something else. Whereas I just came to the council at that young age with the, with the agenda to, I guess you could say an agenda, to learn and to serve. Right. 
And so it took me a while. Mm-hmm. It took me a couple of years to learn how to um, how the system works. Yeah. Um, learn the rules. Yeah. Um, but once I did that, um, I found an area that um, I found I've, I got had a lot of passion in, which was um, strategic planning. Right. Or strategic direction. Yeah. It's more the not the election to election type stuff. Yeah. But the the big picture things. You know how. So can the long term planning. Long term planning. Yeah. yeah. Um, and. Um, I, for me, that's where I really sunk my teeth into. Yeah. Um, making sure that, you know, strategic plan says, you know, the council has a plan to uh, ensure that every um, soccer oval has its permanent set of goals. Yeah. For example. Yeah. You know, so how do we go about doing that, etc. And now that we've got permanent sets of goals, we've got these hassles that come along. Mm-hmm. Um, or other things, you know, like we want to change an attitude in the community. Okay. Um, you know, so um, when I what first, would be a good example of that oh, in your experience? The, the really good example of that um, was when I first got elected to council. There was a really negative uh, perception of Salisbury in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, the people were negative about themselves, and the wider community were a case of, "Oh, you're from Salisbury? Oh, far out!" You know, and it, and so um, council set about trying to change that attitude. They, they said about, and they, they're still doing it today, is rather than focus so much on how we're fixing the problems, just to have a focus of these are the positive stories mm. that are around in Salisbury. You know, this is a positive, this is a positive, this is a positive. And yes, there's negatives in there. Yeah. But by focusing on the positives and making sure that their uh, messaging was targeted at the positive things that are occurring in the community, yeah. it's really turned around now. Yeah. Um, the wetlands helped a lot. Yeah. Um, so I came along... Um, when I got elected, we didn't have as many wetlands. Yeah. Whereas now we've got over 20. Mm-hmm. Um, so Parafield Airport wetlands wasn't existent. We weren't, re, um, we weren't extracting the water from underground. We was just at the very early stage of pumping the water underground yeah. to water the grasses and things like that. So, um, so that's really helped to change the uh, attitude mm-hmm. of Salisbury um, because people now say, well, we love what you're doing with water. Yeah. You know, we can see that what you're doing with water is making your community greener. Yeah. So, so, it, so it sounds like that, um, <coughs> that strategic long-term planning, the, the deeper infrastructure and uh, affecting attitudes in the community seems to be at the, uh, your thing at that at core of uh, why perhaps you're running for mayor now. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of it. Um, then there's little things too. Like one of, one of the reasons why I'm running for mayor now is, is that um, we've been going in a certain direction for the last 18 years, mm-hmm. um, but um, some things need to stay on that direction, but some other things need to um, change direction. You okay. know, we, need to, we need to be much more consultative with our community now with the new technologies and things like that. People want more interaction and response, yeah. and, and yet other people couldn't care less. Yeah. So, it's well, a catch-22 in that regard. Well, it's very diplomatic of you uh, to perhaps uh, look at the long tenure of the, of the current mayor and not to throw out the, the baby with the bathwater, but look to retain some of those themes that have been serving the community well. Um, what are a few of those themes that you'd look to build upon that you see are working well now, and then perhaps contrasting with some things that you'd like to uh, see done differently or initiatives you'd like to see started um, in the future or that we might see under a, a Pilkington mayoralship? No, Dave, thanks for that question. Look, there's a few things that I think Council are doing really well at. Um, one of the things that Council is doing really well at, at the moment is investment attraction. Mm-hmm. So um, we're going out 
as a council, um, deliberately trying to um, find businesses that will employ our locals. Yeah. Um, what are perhaps a few examples of uh, that? Well, a couple of examples are things like, you know, the Coles Distribution Centre that happened oh, yes. um, in yep. the past, um, the Drake's Distribution Centre that's coming through yep. um, in the future, um, the attraction of the food park. So, yep. so the food park being where you've got a lot of industries that are labour intensive, yep. we've got a lot of labour, but not so much um, whilst we do have a high skill workforce in Salisbury, yep. we also have... A, we have a spectrum of skills, yep. and so so the, the idea of attracting low skill, um, or lo, low skill but labour intensive um, jobs yep. uh, for our community, um, so that the kids have you know no matter what their education level or standard they've got something to look forward to. I mean, yep. oftentimes the kids look forward to the fact that oh, as soon as I turn fourteen and a half I can apply for a job at McDonald's. Yeah, as an example, you know I can get a job, yep. I can start working. Yeah. Um, Get that first so, foot on the employment yeah, ladder. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so that's one of the things that we're doing really well at the moment is trying to attract those in jobs and those employment. Mm-hmm. You know, we're still we're doing really well with the water projects. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned earlier, they need to be expanded. So mm-hmm. this is where a change in direction that I'd like to see with regards to the water projects. Yeah. So at the moment, the water projects we the concentration is on getting the water, capturing the water, cleaning it, storing it. And then running it out to reserves and schools and businesses. Yeah. Right. But so is this the grey water, or is this the pink? The sorry, the purple. purple the purple pipes. So whenever we're seeing a purple pipe in a park or in uh, in some streets, even have that available. Um, so that that that's what you're referencing. That water is coming from this uh, system yeah. of uh, irrigation. And, exactly right. Right. That's, that's the recycled the uh, recycled stormwater, for yep. want of a better term. Mm-hmm. That's the wetlands water. Yeah. It's been cleaned and scrubbed and, and, and tidied up. Um, in Mawson Lakes, it's slightly different water. Yeah. Uh, in Mawson Lakes, they, they blend that mm-hmm. um, with, some, with the cleaned water from the Bolivar treatment plant. Yeah. But in most of the rest of the city, it's just the storm water that we've cleaned up ourselves. Yeah. Pumped it underground, stored it for, for a little while, and then pulled it back out for use um, in parks and reserves. Now, I'd like to see... At the moment, it's expensive for residents to tap into. You know, if it's running down their street, yeah, it's still too expensive to tap into mm-hmm. in, and make it available for more people. Um, I looked at it myself, yeah, um, and the, the the expense came in the fact that I was on the wrong side of the street. So you had to run the pipes out to connect to it. it yeah, I had yeah. to basically cut the road. Yeah, run the pipe because it's on the other side of the street. Yeah. So now that would be an expensive project. Yeah. I, don't get me wrong. To run the purple pipe throughout the city is going to be extremely expensive. Yeah. But um, we need to have a long-term plan where we can minimise it or get grants and things like that, um, especially this year being a drought year again. Yeah, um, they seem to happen more and more. Yes. Well, with this year, I can imagine that uh, there's going to be a lot of dead gardens yeah. in our community. Um, and that's, you know, I remember some areas, some of the older areas of Salisbury before the last drought where we had the water restrictions, mm. they were gorgeous gardens. Yeah. Everybody turned the water off because of the water restrictions and then they thought, well, what's the point? We're going to have water restrictions again. Yeah. Now, with that water that's stored underground, yeah. we shouldn't need water restrictions. Yeah, you know? we yeah. Shouldn't, you've got a resource. It, you know, the, the community have paid for it, now they should be able to tap into it. Yeah. So there's a couple of areas there, no, you know, maybe not so much having the purple pipe, but maybe allowing residents to come along to one of the big tanks that are around yeah. and actually 
tap the water into their own containers. You know, have an IBC or something like that on their trailer. Yeah. They can get a thousand liters of water. Yeah. Take it back and water their garden with it. Yeah. Without having to run the pipe and the tap, you know, it's it's the community's invested in that water, and I just want to see that. So that's one thing I'd like to slightly change the direction on. Yeah. Is getting that water not so focused on rather than the focus on industrial customers and and schools and parks. Yeah. Um, get that focus to change a bit towards more of the residents. So providing um, residents uh, access to the, the same infrastructure, I guess, there that uh, commercial and um, industrial um, businesses are currently able to access. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And also to use that water, I mean, it's water and water's precious, mm. but this is rescued water. This yeah. is water that was going to go out and destroy the Gulf. Yeah. And to use that to green up more reserves and things like that. So that's a, yeah. that's a slight change in direction there. That I like to see, um, and the food park obviously um, is is something that's really good that that we're working on. Mm -hmm. um, a couple of other things that I think have been working well in the past is um, some of the strategic plans that we've got in place have been are working well. Yeah. So um, our youth plan, mm -hmm. our multicultural plan, are about helping other communities become more integrated, and and Gillian's done a great job at that. Yeah. I mean, nobody can deny the fact that Gillian has done a great job. Uh, reaching out to those multicultural communities, yeah. Um, or, sorry, I should say, people from other lands who have settled here and chosen Salisbury as their home. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's, right. it's, it's not a PC podcast, so we're, we're fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> we understand what you mean. Yeah. So she's done a. Gillian's done a great job at reaching out to these people to try and help them to feel more a part of Salisbury. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but at the same time, we need to help the rest of Salisbury realise how the much they're trying to be a part of our community. I yep. went to a function the other day for, for a community, the Equatorial community. Oh, yeah. Um, at that uh, function, they'd done a, their own census of their own people. Mm -hmm. And it turned out that 88% of that community are actually employed. Yeah. 88%. And Brilliant. We're, but we're not getting that message out to the rest. Yeah. You know, we're not sharing that message with the rest of the community. We're not selling the good points yeah. to the way that I would like to see it done. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, I guess, one of the roles that I see of the mayor. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the mayor is there as the spokesperson for the council. Yeah. If the mayor is there to speak for the council, then the mayor needs to sell and articulate the message really well. Yeah. Um, but I'm finding that the message isn't getting through. Yeah. So one area I'd like to change direction on is um, making sure that that message gets through yeah. um, and and change the way that the selling of the good points is done. I mean, you're a salesman yourself, David. Yeah, yeah. So you know how much, you know, if you, if you get the wording wrong or the message slightly wrong, yeah. then people go off and think it's something totally different than what it is. Exactly. And, and sometimes it's just selling the sizzle as well. You know, there's, um, you know, where there's anticipation or there's, um, there's a great idea, but it hasn't yet um, gained traction. You know, I think it's very much the, the role of the, the mayor as the figurehead to kind of sell that sizzle and create anticipation and expectation around uh, some of those ideas, themes, plans that, um, that are being laid forth. So, um, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. Um, so um, we, it, it sounds like uh, you've given quite, uh, you're giving the mayoralship a, a long-term vision and you've come to it with some depth of experience that um, uh, 
I mean, 18 years experience um, being in council as well. So it, this, um, and yet you're not a career politician. You you do have your own business as well, which is based here in, in Salisbury, uh, in, I guess in, in the heart of the community. Um, so it, it's not, you're not a career politician in that sense that although you've served for most of your adulthood, it doesn't seem to be uh, or hasn't been the reason for your um, political journey, I guess. Um, it sounds like you're somebody of the community that's looking for ways to better serve the community and, and over a period of time, I guess there's few few spots for you to go after uh, uh, best part of 20 years in council than the, the top job. So uh, is it kind of, does it feel to you like a culmination um, of, of being local and serving local and now, now there's an opportunity to take that next step forward? Yeah, there is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they always, I've always believed that, you know, somebody, if you can't criticise unless you're prepared to put your money where your mouth is. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so in some regards, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, well, yeah, there is nowhere left to go yeah. um, for myself as far as council goes. Yeah. Um, um, I, don't be, I don't want the current system or the way things are currently done to stay the mm -hmm. same. Um, it, it needs to change. It's just not. It's becoming slightly dysfunctional yeah. um, at council, and so I look at it and I think, well, if I'm not happy, other yeah. people might not be happy. And whilst um, Gillian and, and the others are doing a really good job, I think maybe that with the change, I could do something different. I could do it differently. Yeah. Um, and that's where I, you know, I would try and tackle it differently. Yeah. Um, and are, there, are there any ideas that come to mind as you're talking about doing those things differently or coming from a different perspective or fixing some of that dysfunction or looking to create greater efficiencies? Yeah, like um, um, for, for a while now on the council, there's not been that um, collective mind. Right. Um, so when I first got elected to council with Tony, yes, we, we disagreed. We, we, we weren't unified because, you know, the council is a collection of 12 individuals or, sorry, 15 individuals from different um, walks of life. Yeah. Um, different walks of life, different experience, different areas of the city. We bring all our ideas together. Um, but um, one of the skills that Tony Zapier had mm -hmm. was that he was able to bring everybody's ideas and come up with a collective like solution. A consensus, a consensus yeah. solution, you know. Yeah. And then everybody was happy to go forward and sell that message yeah um and and at the early days Gillian was really good at that as well yeah um but over the last couple of years um that consensus or that um attitude of well i lost mm. i accept that i lost or i didn't you know i didn't win the day i have to accept that this is the decision of the majority mm -hmm. and this is where we need to move forward yeah it's um there's, there's become a, a almost like a opposition Okay. A government opposition type system in council, which isn't yeah. the way we are. Yeah. Council shouldn't be a case of, oh no, this, these people are the opposition to everything that happens. Yeah. You know, it's a case of we bring our ideas, we discuss them, we talk about them, right? We kick it around on the floor a couple of times, yeah. then make a consensus decision. And once we've made a decision, that's the decision. Yeah. And we represent the community. Yeah. So that's the decision of the community. Mm. But that's just not doesn't seem to be happening anymore. So, um, so that collegial atmosphere within the chamber is, uh, seems to have faded in recent years. 
yeah, there's, there's become an us and them, you know, are you on the in crowd or the out crowd or are you part of this click or that click? And, okay. that's, and that's come in in the last few years that we didn't have at the start when I started, yeah. you know, 18 years, 18 years ago. I was the kid. Yeah. You know, uh, you know I was everybody's favourite son, but, but at the same time I wasn't, you know. Yeah. I, I remember uh, uh, Councillor John Cotton, um, great man, um, and him and I rarely saw eye to eye. Mm-hmm. Really saw eye to eye, but I made sure that you know that I learnt from him as much as I could. Yeah, you know, um, councillors like um, Councillor Brian Goodall, mm-hmm. who's, who passed away at the last election, mm-hmm. and uh, I miss him dearly because he would pull me aside after each council meeting, and he'd say, "Right, do this differently, do this differently, do this differently," because this is why you're losing. Yeah, you know, change your attitude, change this, correct that, modify this, and as I took that criticism and commentary on board you know we became more conciliatory and but we worked together to 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 do that yeah um but these days it was you know at this uh, start of this term of council with you know there was an in crowd and an out crowd right okay and uh, um and uh, i want to see that end yeah i really do want to see that in and out of council end um you know we're all here for the betterment of the community yeah everybody's here for the betterment of the community and if you want to run our community down and, and you know, tell everybody that our community is garbage, mm. then do we really want that in our community? Yeah. You know, do we really want our leadership running our own people yeah. down? So it, it sounds, and, and, and not knowing specifically the, the details there, but it sounds like there's been some examples over, over recent times where uh, there has been this... Um, agitation between uh, factions within the chamber that um, and some of those people in your opinion have been you know running the area down a bit um, and uh, and you can see that as uh, and perhaps uh, this is just my observation it sounds from my my perspective listening to you that uh, you can see that some of that can be tempered with stronger leadership and more of a collegial, almost a mentor-like mayoralship. Is that is that kind of where you're coming from? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's not. Uh, you know, if I've got a problem, the mayor's the boss. Yeah. The mayor's the leader. I should be able to go to the mayor and say, right, how can you, the boss, the leader, yeah. help me work through that problem? So I'll, I'll throw to you a, a few questions, and I'm sure you've, you've, as you've been door knocking, and, and I don't know you've been out there at shopping centres and meeting locals. Um, um, uh, some of the themes that uh, people have thrown at me um, are the big concerns over council has been um, people really concerned about trees. Um, that seems to be, and I know that council aren't in control of significant trees or policing that, but there seems to be a bit of an issue around uh, trees and, and medium strips and maintenance in some areas. Um, your, your thoughts on that or, or perhaps your, your response to residents as they've raised that issue with you? Yeah, look, um, trees is always a problem. Um, a couple of years ago, um, it's not longer in place. Um, I was able to argue with the other councillors that you know if, if a resident wasn't happy with their tree, mm-hmm. but the tree was perfectly healthy, then the resident could actually um, opt to have their tree removed mm-hmm. of their own accord. And obviously there, there's, a, there's a cost, but the community didn't pay that cost. They paid the cost to have their, their own tree removed. Yeah. That's since been removed from the council as an option. Yeah. Um, and that by the state government? Or um, no, that was... It was they changed the tree policy, okay. and, and somebody decided. Somebody successfully argued that residents shouldn't, you know, it's a council owned the tree, 
right. So residents shouldn't have a say. And shouldn't and have that. a say, and, and I don't. I don't agree with that. I think yeah. residents should have a say. Yeah. Um, we've so, got the streetscape renewal program. So is that something that, as mayor, you'd be able to influence then to to bring that back or to give rate, some power well, back hope, to ratepayers? I'd hope to be able to influence. I'd yeah. hope to be able to turn around to the to the to the body of elected members and say, look, you know, this isn't working at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, let's revisit some of these things, or and then um, hopefully then being the, the leader mm. and, and being elected by the entire community to represent the entire community, not yeah. just little pockets of common interest, yeah. um, to say, look, let's revisit this, and then they can take it back to their community, kick it around a bit. Um, I mean, I've got a case in point. Um, we've got the Street Scale Renewal Program. Mm-hmm. Now, there was a street recently in, in my ward mm-hmm. where 80% of the residents wanted their trees out. Yeah. Okay. There was four or five residents who didn't want their tree out. Mm-hmm. They weren't even allowed to keep it. It was just a case of Clearfield Hall Street. Okay. You know, they, these, these residents were really happy with their tree. They loved their tree, but they didn't get to have a say mm. in it staying up or coming down. Yeah. Um, but the other 80%, I'm happy for the other 80% to get their new tree. Yeah. Right? As part of that program. But those who want to keep it should be able to keep it. Yeah. And those who want to get rid of it should be able to get rid of it. On a, but on a, not on an ad hoc basis. Yeah. But at the moment, the council um, are trying to do it on a strategic basis, so that we're not ripping down two streets next to each other. Yeah. We're, we're ripping down one street, so that the new trees can get established before we take down the next street. So the birds yeah. and the other critters have got somewhere to go. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so at the moment, um, it, you, you, it's not a bespoke approach where it's perhaps a, a council at a strategic level are saying, let's just get rid of this street and then we'll, we'll renew rather than consulting perhaps individual ratepayers and asking them whether or not they would like to retain their tree. Um, yeah, on that's the right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it used to be like that, but now it's, it, I don't know why it's changed. So it, that's it something you changed. Look, it's something I want to look at, yeah. yeah. Because it, it's only come up since I started door knocking yeah. um, in, in recent weeks um, that um, a number of people have come to me and saying, look, the streetscape renewal program is good, mm. but it's got some problems. Yeah. What, so, what, what, as you've been out there door knocking, what are a couple of those other issues that have popped up that seem to be red hot topics right now? Oh, rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> rubbish in all forms. Okay. Um, whether it be the, the, the rubbish bins and the, and the litter mm-hmm. um, problems, whether it be illegal dumping. Yeah. Um, and uh, various things mm-hmm. of those forms. Um, you know, the, the, the litter. When we first got on council, there was a litter problem. Yeah. We invested a fair bit of money in cleaning it all up. Um, it seemed to have gone away for a while. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, it's coming back again. Just, um, you know, I was at the Parafield train station this morning. Yeah. It's a brand new train station. Yeah. You know, there's already litter everywhere. Yeah. You know, the workers are still there building the thing <laughs> and it's full of rubbish again. Yeah. So, you know, just little things like that that, that bug me and bug other people. Yeah. They want to see an end to it. Yeah. And, and so it, it, I guess that's one of those issues where it, it is part cultural education, um, making sure that there's an attitude in the community that reflects the community standards. And then on the other end, on a practical level, you know, providing the bins or you know, uh, opportunities to dispose refuse in, in the most appropriate ways. Um, and, uh, and amongst there somewhere is a mayor that's trying to pull it all together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's, uh, there's, uh, you know, we provide the hard waste collection, Free of charge, 
Yeah. We provide the voucher service if you don't want them picked up from your home and you want to do it when you want to do it rather than when the pickup truck's coming past. Yeah. You can go. We provide free e-waste. Yeah. Yet how many TVs do you see dumped on the side of the road? You know, it's free. Yeah. It's yeah. free. You go down to Research Road and you take it in there and they'll take it for free. Mm. No charge. Yeah. But people just dump it on the road. Yeah, yeah. And then expect council to come pick it up. Yeah, when it's a, and so is that partly most a lot of people aren't um, aware that they can have their stuff removed, or or is it partially because of that, or partially because people are lazy, or partially because the, um, you know they're they're, um, they're not aware that they can get the vouchers? Is it? What, what do you think? I, I believe it's two things. Okay. Part of it, I believe, is an attitude mm-hmm. and a laziness. Yeah. You know, oh, look, I'll just chuck it out on the road, and maybe somebody will pick it up. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, too, I think it's an education thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I most people I know don't realise that you can dump electronics for free at Research Road. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, well, I wasn't aware. Yeah. No, that's great. That's yeah. right. You know, it's it's you know, we recently did a clean up of all our computers at work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had a big box full of computers, and we took them down to Research Road. But the neighbour five doors down at work. Yeah. Put the old. The old XP computer out on the street, yeah. hoping that somebody will come along and pick it up. I mean, just, yeah. You know, it's, it's not that hard. I mean, yes, it's time consuming. Yeah. To an extent, you know, driving down Research Road and all the rest of it. It's only, you know, the, the furthest resident from Research Road is 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Or if you, you drop it off on your way to the city. Yeah. 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 So, so it's a, perhaps, like you say, a matter of education and a, and a matter of, um, um, people being aware that they've got access to that and also the, the, the attitudinal um, uh, expression from the community that people you know expect high standards and aren't going to accept they're just being rubbish dumped on the side of the road in front of their house or That's yeah. It. They want a higher standard. They yeah. want a place to look nice. Yeah. They want yeah. Salisbury to look like we feel. Yeah. You know, we feel good about our city. Yeah. We want it to look good too. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, so th- there's obviously a lot of opportunity um, uh, in the city of Salisbury. But as you cast your mind forward, what are a few of the challenges that you expect to find over the next uh, four years should you become mayor? Some of the challenges I see going forward will be implementation of some of the strategic plans. Mm-hmm. Um, a number of them, a lot of them are actually due for renewal. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got the community hub yep. coming up. And so the, the, um, the community hub implementation of the community hub moving, educating the community of, of what it's about and what it's for. And also then using that community hub, I, I see a challenge in um, getting that investment that the council's made to grow further within the city of Salisbury. Mm -hmm. I see a challenge too um, in consultation Mm -hmm. um, moving forward, um, getting the message out, how we go about getting the message out. Um, Some people want a newsletter in their letterbox every week with the council agenda. Yeah. And other people want, um, you know, they don't want council to contact them at all. Yeah. Not even, don't send me the rates bill either. I just don't want to know about you guys. Yeah. (laughs) So, so, so the challenge is, is the spectrum. Yeah. And bringing the community together. I also see a challenge in that, um, sometimes it feels like an us and them approach. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the, the elected council is in one corner and the staff council's in another corner and the residents are in the third corner. Yeah. Right. Rather than all meeting in the middle and saying, let's make our community better. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's make it better than it is. It's good, 
but we can make it better. And it, and it seems to me that that's um, a big part of the mayor's role is to pull pull those constituent parts together so that they all work more efficiently. Pull it all together. Yeah. Yep. You know, give the residents some ownership of their city. Yeah. Make sure the staff and and like the body are are for facilitating that as much as we can. Yeah. And and uh, what are I guess your biggest challenges in becoming elected as mayor? Do you see because. Uh, We've got now got a month or so, a month and a half, until the ballots? 20 days until the ballot papers come out. 20 days, yeah. And then there's a period of time and there. And then, then there's the two, three weeks to get them posted back in. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, 9th of uh, November is the last day to get your ballot paper back in. But if yep. you effectively, if you're going to vote on the 9th, you're going to need to take it into a council office. Yeah. Um, so if you're going to post it back, you need to get it posted into the post by the 8th, really. Yeah. So the post's got a chance to send it in. Do you, do you find part of the challenge in running for mayor is often that you've got to, you, you're playing that role of educating people as to how uh, the elections work? Because, of course, it is different between federal and state and then local. It's, it's a real different world for local. And just that process that you explained just then is it, it's not like a, a, a state election or a federal election where you've got the day everybody turns up at the local school and, and pops a, a vote in the box. This is a completely different thing. And so... would. Would a resident, how would a resident be able, able to vote if you could perhaps sketch that out for people? So, will they receive something in the post to let them know they're eligible, or how would they be eligible? Yeah. So, so the process is is that if they are currently on the roll mm -hmm. as of the tenth of August. Mm -hmm. So the tenth of August was the cutoff for the electoral roll. Yeah. So if you've registered after that time, then you'll miss out on this council election. Yeah. Um, so they they cut their roll off. Everybody that's on the roll will get a letter mm -hmm. um, with um, the ballot papers and a bio, a, a little brief summary about each each candidate yep. that they've written themselves, yep. um, or, or you know, a friend's written for them or whatever. Yep. But they've they've basically said, "This is me. Yep. This is why I think you should vote for me. This is the issues that are important." You yep. only get 150 words. So that comes in with the two different ballot papers because a lot of people don't actually realise that there's two elections on. Yeah. One for mayor and one for councillor. Yeah. They think it's actually all one and the same. Yeah. So you're getting, I'm getting people confused at times, well, you know, which paper are you on? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had one this morning, you know, oh, do we vote for the mayor? I thought we voted for the mayor at a different time to, to somebody else or that the mayor was appointed. And, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of conjecture. A lot of people just aren't completely familiar with the process. And and there's a, there's a flaw too, um, David. There's something that I believe needs to be changed. Yeah. Um, at the moment, people wait until the election posters go up mm -hmm. as a signal. Oh, there's an election. Yes. I know there's an election because there's posters on the polls. Yes. Right. As much as we hate them. Yeah. You know, there must be an election because there's an election poster up. Yeah. Now. The election posters go up 10 days before the voting. That's starts. it. That's We're, it. Whereas with the state days. election, isn't it 30 days? It's or 30 something? days. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, so in my view, if you get a long campaign mm. um, from a federal or state election, or usually federal, you get a six-week one maximum. Yeah. So I think maybe six weeks, because then it's three weeks before the voting papers go out that the posters go up. Then people are engaged. Yeah. But at the moment, there are a lot of people aren't engaged yet because... And by the time they get engaged, the papers will be there and they'll have to make a decision. Do, I mean, how difficult does that make it for you, perhaps, uh, where you're against an incumbent who holds a, a, a high profile because of her position and you've got a, a relatively short period of time to get your message and face out there? Um, does it make it harder for those that are challenging a long-term incumbent? It does. Yeah. It does. I mean, I started back in May. 
Yeah. You know, um, I started campaigning back in May yeah. for the position of mayor um, because that's when I made the decision. So I might as well start straight away. Yeah. Um, but there's been you know hiccups along the way and things that you know you can't do this because there's not election called or we haven't gone into caretaker period and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and so, so it's very difficult there, for you to educating all the time. Sorry for that. I mean, um, right. so it's very difficult for you to get your message out there as a candidate for mayor until almost till it's too late. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, I'm, and, and just in following you on social media, I understand you've been, you've been attending a lot of local events, you've been going to shopping centres, you've been door knocking, you've been meeting people as a ways and means for people to uh, connect with you and to understand who you are uh, in person. Um, but it, um, in, that, in the last four to six weeks now, um, how, do, how does your schedule look and um, what, do you, is there an increase in that type of activity from your end or is it... Um, uh, you, you, you'll have the posters go up. Is there? Would you anticipate there being um, higher profile as a result of that, or do you think a lot of that stuff doesn't matter now? No, it's important. Yeah, it's important. Community engagement, making sure that people they want to know who they're voting for. Yeah, they really do. Um, they want to know the person as a person. Mm-hmm. So. Um, my schedule is opening up, yeah. but I've still got to feed the family too. So <laughs> you know. My, my kids are going to go hungry if I don't, um, you know, even with all my, because I run my own business. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, if I don't, you know, it's, as most small businesses are, yeah. you know, if, the, if you're not earning the income, then yeah. you can't take it out at the end. Yeah. So, uh, so I've got to work um, for a couple more days yet. Yeah. Um, but then I'll be full time campaigning. Yeah. Um, and so I'll be doing as much as I can, uh, basically kicking off with the, uh, community forum mm-hmm. that's on the 11th oh yes yep um so for me that's that's effectively my going to be my campaign launch fantastic yeah <laughs> uh that'll be uh from then on it'll be full time until the till the 10th of uh, november and trying to convince as many people as i can that uh, the policies that i've got yeah to bring forward and to take the city of salisbury forward are the ones for them fantastic so m- my my feeling is the very best way to be able to um, keep in contact with you and see exactly what it is that you're talking about and the issues that you're speaking to is to jump onto your Facebook page. Uh, so, Damien Pilkington for Mayor? No, um, it's still my councillor page. If it's I still change, can, can, yeah, unfortunately, oh, I, yeah, started, yeah. I, still, I started... Um, because I started so early, yep. I, um, I pr- printed a lot of published material with my councillor, Damien Pilkington, ah, cool. page. Awesome. So, because so, I'm still a councillor up until the, till the 9th of November. You, so, you can still hold the title. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm going to be scared. I, I mean, I've been writing councillor Damien Pilkington for so long now. <laughs> it's going to be weird to write Mr. Pilkington, Mr. Pilkington again. Yeah. Um, uh, so... Uh, um, yeah, but uh, no, the best way is to just just to search Damien Pilkington. Damien Pilkington. Type Damien Pilkington into um, into Damien um, with an E N. Yep, D A M I E N Pilkington, yep. as in the glass company. Yep. Type that into the search on on Facebook. Yep. Um, I find Facebook's the easiest and it's the cheapest way to get the message out. Um, yeah. I mean, I'd, if I had the money, I'd go for a full blown website, but I just don't have that sort of yeah money behind me. Yeah. Um, so that's the best way, and all my policies are up there. Um, everything that I've announced, um, my activities, and I've got my personal page and my councillor page are both available, so yep. you can see who I am as a person, beautiful, um, as well as you can see what I'm proposing. Oh, 
fantastic openness and transparency and people can uh, see if they like the cut of your jib and, and I guess if they're, they're following your, um, your councillor page, um, they can find out where you're going to be at any given time because you're always announcing events or where you're going to be attending and uh, if they want to pop down to the local shopping centre and spend five minutes with you talking about the issues that are important to them, they'll find a receptive ear with you as well, I'd imagine. Exactly. I love meeting the people. Yeah. We've got such wonderful people. And so wherever the people are, that's where I want to be. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and if, if I haven't announced it, then, uh, you know, there's a couple of really good events coming up mm-hmm. in the next couple of weeks as well. So mm-hmm. um, the Salisbury Business Association are putting on the Aussie, Aussie Car Day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Aussie Era Car Aussie Era Car Show. Sure. Yeah. See, I've got to remember the right name for that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> we uh, made it hard for you. Sorry for that. <laughs> no, no. Um. <laughs> that's all right. No, they're doing that, so I'm planning to be down there. Beautiful. There's the, um, there's the play event out at St Kilda, so I'm planning to be out there as well. So you'll see oh, me yeah. walking around at those two particular events. Yep. Otherwise, yeah, look for me out in front of your shopping centre yep. um, or in your local street. Um, Excellent. If you see the bus, yep. which you can't miss, um, <laughs> you can't miss that bus anyway. If you see the bus, then I'm within 100 metres or 500 metres of that bus. Track so, you down. So, track you down. <laughs> Down, uh, or leave a note on the bus and uh, I can ring you back. So, uh, that's not a problem either. So uh, the 11th of October, we've got the uh, the community forum there at St John's Church where we invite all of the, the public to come along where they can meet candidates like yourself. Um, so it's a great opportunity for them to rub shoulders with the influences in our community and those that are seeking to impact our community in the years to come. Um, we The All Aussie Car Show Day is on the 21st of October and as you said, you'll, you'll be moseying around. You're, you're actually uh, quite pivotal in getting that event, I believe you moved on the floor for that event to uh, receive the full support of council so it can, can be held so we've got you to thank in large part uh, for that Damien so thank you very much. That's not a problem at all it's, uh, it's a great event I love my Aussie cars sorry. <laughs> uh, ask, ask my kids uh, the backyard's full of them <laughs> if I find one cheap enough and it's an Aussie made car then uh, if I can afford it at the time I'll, be, hey, I'll just tell the missus later oh there's another one rocking up in the backyard I'll fix it sometime in the next 20 years but it's still it's better off in my backyard than the tip your, your daughter Juliet's here just nodding away just in the background <laughs> says, yep yep mum's had that conversation a couple of times and she's missed a couple as well <laughs> I think um, I'm up to nine <laughs> later on that day it's the a Holy Family Spring Fair as well which is going to be 15,000 people in attendance so it really is an action packed calendar through, throughout spring and a great opportunity for people to meet with yourself and to of course um, uh, to share their thoughts and feelings about um, how they feel about where they live and what they'd like to see from their community and a great chance for them to meet with you and um, and hear your thoughts on how you see the, the community moving forward into the future. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And if, I'm, if I miss an event or there's an event on that I haven't caught up with, mm. then feel free to invite me along and, and, yeah. and, and let me know about them so that I can, I can get out there. I'll, if you want to meet with me, Mm-hmm. Then, then contact me and I'll come out and meet you. Yeah, so and, you and the easiest way I've found is uh, you've been really accessible, easy to reach out to on Facebook, you know, send you a message uh, through your Facebook pages. Um, you've always responded to me in a really timely fashion. I know you do for um, those people you've been representing in your ward for many years also. Um, so uh, really accessible and I think that's a, a key quality to anybody that seeks high office and uh, there's no higher office in the city of Salisbury than mayor. And, Damien, I wish you all the very best of luck as you move forward in the campaign. No worries. Thank you very much, David. I really appreciate this conversation. Uh, Thanks for joining us, Damien. I wish you all the very best of luck with the election. Thanks for tuning in again to this episode of the Dave Sovereign Podcast. Please follow us on Facebook or subscribe to us on iTunes, and we look forward to bringing you more next week.